Leslie Blake is my guest uh, together with Ndate Beni Padime Brabeni as he's affectionately known on this show. Let me start off by uh, greeting Brabeni. Brabeni, good evening to you. Uh, good evening, Angelops, and uh, good evening to the listeners. Much appreciated. Leslie Blake, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good evening to you. Thanks so much for having me. I feel, I feel a whole bunch of pressure because now I'm a guest instead of just a phone-in. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? So we thank you very much for joining us. Leslie, what is justice? I think justice is a universal human psychological need for fairness. Um, it might not even only be human. There's some scientific studies that say you know, even animals can see something that's unfair. So justice is our own need to see fairness, to see that our that we are treated fairly. Um, really, justice happens inside a social context, though. You know, um, we inherited a legal system which developed over hundreds of years, which started out as being the Lord, uh, and and you know we still we still have these concept in our language because or lord is the lord of the owner of the land he was the guy who was the court the judge the jury and the executioner if he did something wrong he decided whether you did it wrong he decided what you did and he imposed the sentence over hundreds of years in the english legal system and with the influence of vikings and all sorts of interesting side things we ended up with a system that says the judge is called Lord, and he sits up on the top here, and you two people, the state represented by a prosecutor, and the person being accused represented by a person of their choice, fight it out, and the Lord must be a um, a fair um, referee in that fight. So justice is, is, is our idea of fairness, but it's mediated through the social environment that evolves. And, and so what is justice today in 2024 would be completely unfamiliar to somebody in, in 1500. So if I understand you well, Leslie, you're saying to me that justice is the interpretation of what is fair and right, at least in law. Justice is what is the interpretation of, of what is fair and right, according to those that are powerful? A society evolves, and, and power evolves in each society separately. So purely because of Napoleon, for example, in France, you don't have that system of justice. You have a system where a judge uh, decides on the prosecutor, chooses a prosecutor, and tells the prosecutor what to do, and sends him out there and says, go and get me these documents, go and get me these witnesses, let me hear them, and then I'll decide what to do with the bad guy, whether he's guilty or not. Now, for us as South Africans, inheriting an English system where a judge is impartial, that sounds very weird. Sounds a bit unfair. Because everywhere, in all societies, there's always a balance between the complete madness of freedom. Everybody just does whatever they want. I just come and steal your stuff because you've got more stuff than me. And the amount of rules and regulations of laws which any society thinks is appropriate. 
and, and the different societies and different cultures evolve very differently. So, so what, I, what I'm trying to ascertain is whether there is an objective um, an objective way of ascertaining the presence of justice outside of the influence of culture, power. Is there an objective thing that we can look at and say that this is justice? Uh, pretty much like, for example, a builder would use a water, uh, what do they call that thing that, that checks whether or not things are level, uh, a water level, or, uh, mm. a spirit level. Is there a way of understanding justice in those terms, regardless of the colorings of culture, of power, of, 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 of interpretation? Is there a thing called justice that lives outside of those realities? Absolutely not. No. Law is a construct. Law is a bunch of people playing with words. Okay? Law is, law is merely a tool. I always tell my clients, you have violence, law, and deception as solutions to your problems. <laughs> now, whether you employ violence or law or deception to get what you want is your choice at any moment, in any society, in any culture. People use law when law is legitimate. And the more justice is seen to be done by a certain set of laws, the more people will rely on those laws, the more people will give them legitimacy by believing in them. So law is effective for as long as people perceive it as delivering justice to them. Law and justice are a, a loop. The more... The more people see justice being delivered, the more they believe in the legal system, the more legitimate the legal system. If, like under apartheid, you had a system where people did not believe the laws to be legitimate, they believed many laws to be illegitimate. And so by the time we got to 1992 or so, um, even the tax laws were being disobeyed by big corporations because the legitimacy of the legal system had been undermined by the injustice of a apartheid even for the people who were the beneficiaries of that system so when we say that our constitution is given authority and legitimacy by a deep sense of justice that too is quite an arbitrary statement leslie it's, it, it, our system can only have legitimacy from the people who use it. So for every person who goes into a courtroom in, in South Africa and is, is helped, is given assistance, um, their neighbor stole their stuff and their neighbor goes to jail, that person experiences the law as legitimate. And they give the law credibility and they then decide the next time someone steals from them, I'm not going to go burn that person uh, to death. I'm, I'm not going to bring out a posse and, and kill them, I have confidence that the police are going to do their job and the legal system is going to do its job. Now, as we can see over the last couple of years, the legitimacy of the criminal justice system has been undermined by the poor performance of the police. So we've got systems now where people don't perceive that justice is being delivered to them. Because there's nothing wrong with the Constitution. Yeah. Yeah. But... At, at all times, everywhere in all society, justice is in the eyes of the beholder, and and the legal system is only as 
successful as people who use it feel it to be. Prabeni, let me bring you into this conversation. You and I, uh, together with uh, 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 with other speakers, have started this journey where we're trying to understand where the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa derives its supremacy, its legitimacy. Yes, its, bro. Uh, yes. And in many of the conversations we've had, the idea that the 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 idea of, of natural justice, the idea of yes. of the inherent idea of fairness, and I think Leslie touched on those terms, that inherent mm-hmm. desire for fairness that lives in all beings almost is where the Constitution gets its supremacy from. But I almost want to say that maybe there is a contradiction in terms if we are going to say that justice, the very idea of justice is always tainted by the idea that somebody is powerful and therefore is able to uh, guide in ways that benefit them as to what is good, right, fair, wrong. How do we get to a place where we can say justice is an objective thing that is able to lift up a thing called constitution to the place of supremacy. How do we get to that place? Well, I think you've, you've, Sorry, Leslie. I, 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 let me bring uh, Brabeni into this into this conversation. Go ahead, okay. Brabeni. Yeah, if you could just uh, adjust your microphone to be a little bit closer, perhaps. Oh, okay. Sorry, um, sorry, sorry, Brabeni. Go ahead. Chris yeah. to assist yeah. you. Yes, but let's start here. Perhaps justice has rules. And the first one is fairness, like my esteemed colleague has uh, just indicated. Second one is the rule against bias. Okay. Third one is the issue of prejudice. So you prevent prejudice um, in the, 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 the muting of justice. The next rule is the rule of two sides of the story. Let me put it that way, in simple terms. So that's the rule that um, you, you have the right to be heard. And you will remember that uh, one of the rules, as I've explained in the past, is the rule of Audi Ultra Partem, which means you hear both sides of the story. The decision that has to be reached must be in the interest of both parties. So those are the rules of justice. Now, uh, let's go back to fairness. Fairness can even go with equity to a greater extent. Remember, perhaps, justice delayed is justice denied. If we can remember that uh, uh, absolute uh, approach. Now, there is a process in law. There are tests that are done on the law of evidence, for instance, to reach a point where the presiding officer decides that if I give Braops bail, it might not be in the interest of justice, is where two tests are made. Firstly, 
It's a subjective test and then the objective test. Out of those two tests, then a decision can be reached. Whether if Braops is released on bail, will it be in the interest of justice? Now, as I, I've indicated, Braops, there's natural justice. You can extend it to economic justice and you can extend it to social justice. But I'll explain that um, uh, those 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 three aspects let, let, let me, let at me, a later stage let me ask yeah, you this, in practical terms. So, yes. Let me ask you this question, Rabeni. The mm-hmm. examples that you've already given me about bail, about a court of law, already presupposes mm. a particular way of understanding the concept of justice. Right, and I and right. I'm and I'm I'm in a slightly uh, earlier process. I'm 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 trying to get a sense from both mm. of you and also my listeners as to mm. the moment we get to the idea that we've got to hear both sides, or yes. maybe say all sides in the matter, right? Mm-hmm. In order for us to to come to some sort of decision that has embedded in it justice or fairness. Mm-hmm. It is because we are convinced that all sides will be able to present their case as powerfully as is required in order to get that justice. But you and I know, yes. you and I know that mm-hmm. in practical terms, there are situations mm-hmm. where because of a lack of money, because of the professionalism and, 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 and proficiency of a legal representative, Somebody mm. may not get justice because their argument was not properly um, uh, 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 presented to a court of law, and mm-hmm. therefore, and therefore, because of a technicality of that nature, justice may not mm. be served. So I'm trying to figure out that yes. despite the weaknesses of the tools that we use to get justice, whether it's the law, mm-hmm. whether it is the way that we speak the law or understand the law, what is justice? What is this thing that we are trying to achieve? Because it sounds to me, both from what you say and what Leslie says, that it is quite an arbitrary thing. It depends on who has the power at the time of interpretation? Who has the power at any given time of resources? Who, it, it, it almost sounds to me as though justice cannot be defined objectively. Perhaps, um, and my, my, my colleague will come in. Uh, let me give you a simple example. Yeah. That, that's why I, I, I always say to you, uh, let's explain the law in very simple terms my colleague will tell you that when we deal with child justice we look at for instance in maintenance cases we look at the best interest of the child not whether braops and ausintading have have had a fight it's and, not and, and would that be just something that we look at yes so we look at the best interest of the child now, in justice, we also look at two matters. Whether the matter is in the public interest or whether the matter is in the interest of the public. 
right? Then we look at the balance of probability and then we look at uh, the issue of uh, proving beyond reasonable doubt. So it's not about a flawed argument or whether there is power over somebody else. Yeah, but that is in, is, that is in the instance of law, Rabin. Uh, uh, and and then, yes. I, then I'm going to go back to Leslie. You, you see, m- mine, is not, mine is not an inquiry about the law. Yes. Because the law is a later uh, permutation of our conversation. My question mm-hmm. is, ma- is much more fundamental. My question is trying to understand. If we say we have a constitution and this constitution is the supreme law of, of the land, out of which all of our statutes, out of which all of our laws, what you are now referring to, yes. a, 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 a flow, and that this supreme constitution gets its supremacy from the idea that is justice, I am trying to understand the credibility of this concept of justice that carries such a heavy load, the load that it is the supreme law of any uh, of our country. And and, and at at this stage, I must say that both of you have have crystallized, at least at this stage, the idea that Mm. it is very arbitrary, that depending on who's powerful, if you're a Viking, if you're a Zulu, if you're the apartheid government, if you are, if you have a monopoly on violence, and mm-hmm. you are powerful and you can somehow say that because i am powerful i have the, the 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 right to interpret what is just and what is not justice and, uh, and no, just no 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 yeah? but, but you, you're getting the wrong no, no, because yeah. you're starting with justice okay and, and, yes. you, and justice is not the place to start if you do not have an entity in a society with a monopoly on violence. Yeah. You don't have a functional society. You don't have a state. And justice has got nothing to, there's no possibility whatsoever of any definition of justice. So you cannot have any functional state without an entity, the state, having a monopoly on violence. Okay? That's the definition of a state. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's, that's, a, that's a very, very important departure from the way that that's, we've been... That's profound. That's where we start. All right, before you continue. So, our constitution is not predicated on the idea of justice. It is predicated... Absolutely not. Oh, it is predicated on who has the monopoly on violence? Of course. It, ah. it was a negotiated. It was a negotiated deal between the state that existed at the time before there was a constitution. Let's look at, for example, the English state. It doesn't have a constitution. Okay, it's never had a constitution mm. because it has evolved organically on one little island, and various kingdoms fought with one another. Each chief had his own band of uh, people who committed violence, those were the barons, okay? Yeah. So those barons each in, had a monopoly on violence over their little area. Those barons decided that they needed a king to protect the bigger land, the island, from invading aliens, the, the Danish Vikings, yeah. the various other people. Yeah. So at some point, it was in the interests of the barons to support a king. 
that flow and ebb and flow of power between those people who exercise that violence is a matter of the historical record. It goes on for a thousand years. Only in 1200 with Magna Carta, yes. King got a bit of too keen on his own self and the Baron said, bugger you, mate. We don't, we no longer are prepared to accept the concept of you as a king unless you bow to the law. And that was the first beginnings of the concept of constitutionalism. Yes. yes. Magna Carta is where the little guy turns around and they're not little, little guys. They, they, guys who are big enough to have a monopoly on violence in their own areas. And they turn to the bigger guy and they say, listen, either we all agree to exercise our power subject to the same rules, or we don't have a deal anymore, and then we'll revert to chaos. And really, the Constitution is an inheritor of the same process, sure. isn't it? Yes. It's the apartheid government coming to the various formations that represented people who were not part of the apartheid government and saying, right, we have no longer a monopoly on violence. We can't, you know, in our, in our society, in our lifetime, we can't control the townships. We can't control, we've lost control of revenue collection. We cannot enforce this monopoly of, of violence indefinitely. And we're coming to you to negotiate the terms on which we will have a state on which we will hand over state power to another entity. So the Constitution creates the modern South African state. I hear you. Uh, let, 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 me, let me invite my, my listeners also to be part of this conversation and say, whoa, okay. uh, are we seeing here that perhaps the idea <laughs> that the Constitution is somehow predicated on some romantic idea of justice is perhaps our own figment of imagination. I'd love for you to participate in this conversation on 011-883-0702. Brabeni, I come back to you. Yes, sir. In the conversations that we've had with yourself uh, and uh, um, Bra- Bratoni, and, the Bratoni and so forth, I, I seem yes. to remember very vividly that the idea of justice, the idea mm. of 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 natural justice and 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 <laughs> was a very big part of why the constitution exists because we all want justice but based on what leslie is saying and this has been my sneaky suspicion that actually any supreme law of any country whether it's the magna carta whether it is the apostles creed whether it is whatever the case may be is based on whether or not it can be enforced, suggesting the existence of the constant threat of violence, not some um, some romantic idea of justice. Brabeni? Okay. Okay. Let's start here, Brabs. Uh, my colleague is correct. But I must say that, remember, the Constitution places obligations to the state. And I've always told you, Brabs, if the constitution was not drafted in the interest of justice, the state wouldn't have lost so many cases. Because remember, the constitution as a supreme law of the land indicates that the laws must be developed according to specific roles and responsibilities. Now, I just want to 
quickly give you a scenario. There are two types of rights, the vertical rights and the horizontal rights. So there's a state to subject responsibility and rights and the subject to subject. All those, if you take that graph that I'm giving you now, I I want you to, to imagine it, the horizontal and vertical. All those, when you combine subject to subject, in terms of responsibility and rights, and you compare state to subject in the, in the interest of justice, you will find justice. That's, that's basically the point of, 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 of departure. And my colleague is correct. Yes. You start somewhere. Justice comes right at the end, at the end. And, and that's why I was telling about uh, the stare decisions but, principle, but, 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 for but instance, you, you, you where, agree, where you, you find that yeah, it's decided as it stands. Yeah. But, but okay. you'll, you'll, agree, so that, you'll agree with me. You'll yes. agree with me. Yes. That, yes. Uh, that most South Africans have had or heard the conversation around the legitimacy of the Constitution. Hmm will say that how we have been made to understand the legitimacy and supremacy of the Constitution is that it is a document that has been created and stands on the immutable pillars of the ideas of justice. The reality from what you're both saying to me now is that the Constitution is a set of laws that or a set of ideas that create a state on the basis of who has the power of violence. But every state is based on that, bro. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to accept that. I'm, I'm challenging, Leslie. The idea, okay. because, because here's the thing. We, we have a democratic state that is understood to be a, uh, a constitutional democracy, Right. That's and, and anybody that is going to stand and defend the Constitution speaks of the Constitution on the basis that it is the expression of the desire of justice. Now, no, uh, I don't think so. No, no, but, 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 and, and by the way, and by the way, I'm going to open up the lines. I'm going to open the up the. Yeah. The Bill of Rights is the foundation of the Constitution. Yes. The Bill of Rights right. is, is what everybody signed up for. And when mm. we looked at that Bill of Rights, we as South Africans, black, white, rich, poor, members of the state, you know, there were people negotiating this from the most humble NPOs at the time. And the, the, the rights that were set out in the Bill of Rights yeah. are fundamental rights that have been expressed by humans in all the cultures across the world. You you can't say that no one may be subjected to slavery, servitude, or forced labor is is a right that comes from, it it comes from, as as Rabeni says, people's fundamental human rights. We, we, We derived our understanding of the Bill of Rights from the American Constitution, the Canadians, yeah. the Germans, the, the what have you. The English. It wasn't yeah. by who has the most power. Um, it wasn't set up as a power exercise. It was really two very opposing parties yes. coming together and mm. saying, 
with a whole lot of legal expertise from all over the world, um, what are the fundamental rights that we can grow justice out of? The, 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 justice the, the, will grow from yeah. these inalienable yes. human rights that yes. belong to each and every one of us. And, you know, the Bill of Rights is literally, it's about five pages. It's, it's really not a long document. Sure. And, I mean, none of us are going to say that the things in it on, you, you can't read these rights and say, this is, these are not the fundamentals. I mean, freedom of association. Everyone has the right to freedom of association. Sure. No, no, you no, know, no, no, no. Listen, I, I, that, again, and, and I'm going to open up the lines now for our listeners to be part of the conversation. Yeah, I want I want us to remember that we have a thing called the Constitution and right. that the Constitution is what we all defer to because it is the supreme law of the land. When we started this conversation a couple of weeks ago, I asked the question, where does the Constitution get its legitimacy and supremacy from? My understanding from the conversations that we've had from our uh, 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 panelists has always been that it gets its supremacy from this inalienable idea of justice, human rights, these, 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 this fairness that we all uh, gravitate to. But it seems to me that there is space to consider the other side of the conversation that suggests that mm-hmm. those inalienable rights and sense of fairness can be interpreted and usually by those that are in power and those that are in power would then be the ones that set out the context for how we understand what is fair good right and inalienable so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just asking mm. whether that conversation is one that can be had because all this time. I think it's, it's, I think it's a little bit more complicated in the sense that every human being, we, we all have these rights, right? Or we see ourselves <laughs> as having these rights. But inherent in the exercise of those rights is infringing on the rights of other people. So if I have the right to freedom of association, um, does that mean that I can come into your workplace and start telling your, uh, you know, your, your, your staff to start dancing at lunchtime uh, instead of doing their jobs? Th- there's always a, the a, counter. A, a counter to the exercise of any right. So every society has got to have an authority which can adjudicate those rights, which can say, in this particular instance, Braobs is a union organizer and he's got a registered union. And yes, he can come and make you dance at lunchtime. But on the other hand, Simpiwe is, you know, a, a dance organizer and he can't just roll off the street and start flirting so, with my staff. So if I understand you both correctly, is that the, the, the presence of the monopoly on violence is to protect those inalienable rights through some sort of an arbitrary process, I mean, arbitration process. And the but also perhaps. Yes. yes. Exactly. All right. I, 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 I want to bring, bring in the listeners, otherwise 
was I hoard you? <laughs> uh, and, and, and remember, this is a, is a marathon of a conversation. But it is designed to, to bring us closer to a better understanding of this constitutionalism and constitutionality and law and fairness and justice. Let me go t- to the lines. Peter is in Rustenburg. Hi, Peter. Uh, hi, brother. Hey, Peter, go ahead. What is on your mind? Your, your conversation is to the point, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. The, the, the Constitution in this republic and in this dispensation, in my view, protects the people who've got the money to put it through the jurisprudence system. In my view, if you don't have the money to take people to the magistrate court, to the higher court, to the Supreme Court of Appeal Bloemfontein, and even to the Constitutional Court, you are simply not free. So in my view, in as much as we can say how nice the Constitution is, if you do not have money to pursue your rights within these parameters, the Constitution does not save you. So I am of the view that the dispensation that this democracy brought to us made the poor man to be even poorer because those who've got the money can be able to push their agenda through all these courts up to the way that they can mess up the poor man. So there is no fairness, and I agree with you, Mr. Masango, that this constitution is a bill of rights, it's all enshrined, but when you do not have money to pursue it in the day-to-day court of law, you are simply not free. Peter, in Rustenburg, by the way, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm asking the question. Can I give a little bit of Yeah. Because of course he's, he's so right, okay? Um, and this is why in the Constitution they created these Chapter 9 institutions. And the Chapter 9 mm. institutions were supposed to be a countervailing force to uh, the unbridled exercise of power by by the wealthy and by those who have. Um, So the Chapter 9 institutions include, uh, you know, the Public Protector's Office, Mm. um, the Competition Commission, all those sorts of organizations were created to try to empower people to um, be able to exercise power. And at many levels, the requirement of the Constitution to enable people to exercise their right has meant that, for example, if you've got an insurance claim under apartheid, if your insurance company didn't pay you, you had to sue them and take them to the Supreme Court of Appeal, and you lost every time because they've got more money and more time, and and they can, you know, I've I've acted for many clients whose insurance haven't paid them, and and it's broken them financially over a period of time. Now we have the insurance ombudsman's office because in the constitution, every organ of state is required to pass laws to allow people to exercise their rights. So at every level, there are these things such as the housing tribunal or the national credit regulator or whatever that are supposed to help people. In addition, You know, the um, Law Society itself has created something called the Pro Bono Organization. 
And every single one of us who are legal practitioners and, and, have to do 20 and, hours and, and of And all of this, Leslie, is to try and find justice for the to citizens of this country. To access to, to people. All right. All right. No, no Absolutely. problem. Rabeni, do you, do you want to add something very quickly? Because I want to, I want to take calls uh, uh, from our listeners. Yes, Robs. Do you want to add uh, something? My colleague is absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, the Chapter 9 institutions are meant to assist persons who cannot access justice because of the cost. You don't have to go through the courts all the time. Remember, Robs, for instance, if the Human Rights Commission called you for a hearing mm. and subpoenaed you to, to a hearing, the decision that is reached is binding okay it's binding as the court is same applies to any ombuds uh, office whether it's the community schemes and sectional title ombuds yep. Yep. insurance ombuds those decisions are binding that's why i was talking about the principle of stare decisions yeah okay which means any decision there it stands and it binds you um um, as, as a court decision, unless you say you want to go for a judicial inquiry, sure, as sure. a person who, sure. they, they, who, they, who has been, they, um, they are tools, you know, they are tools, to the, yeah, they are tools now, available. I want to stop you there very quickly. I want to stop you. Called, so, so no, no. Before you even get to those tools, remember, I'm I'm playing at a very fundamental place, Prabeni. Uh, 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 I'm trying to understand. What gives our constitution the legitimacy and the supremacy? And I also want to understand what justice is. Because I understand the constitution to be a means by which we try to give justice to the people of this country. In, so, so, so the, the, the tools is a conversation we can have later as to, you know, the, the chapter nine institutions and so forth. I'm still at a very, very fundamental place. And, and, and I, and I think it's important that we go through this, this peristalsis, if you want, of trying to understand mm. these, these very fundamental ideas. We'll get to the tools. We'll get to the tools. I want to take Likeng very quickly in Brakpan. Likeng, hi. Yeah, yeah, but Hey, Lekeng, go ahead, my brother. Oh, okay, cool, man. Yeah, I'm very impressed with the conversation you're having. Not that I'm not impressed with the other conversation. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Go ahead. Go you ahead. are right in there. Yes, sir. But anyway, Aubrey, you know what? I want to tell you about militias. That lady what, that's sitting with you in that studio yep. is talking about what you call militias. If you look at the United States, it was the North and the South in the civil war yep. those were militias and then those are the people that finally came to a an arrangement as to the pound of flesh who's going to take what even in south africa have got militias the satf is made up of mkondo wesizwe the sa and satf puramach and 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 all those guys are sitting in the military camps of SATF. They are the militias of South Africa, and they are the ones who have agreed about the pound of flesh that is being discussed by that lady. As far as what you call the constitution, constitution just means the pound of flesh. <laughs> That's why they have a scale there. That's why they have a scale. <laughs> <laughs> the game wanna let you go. Monica, Mamruti, Mamruti, what are your thoughts? Hey, Aubrey, uh, this, 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 
this constitution is handicapping. You buy a townhouse through the bank and you agree with the bank that you will pay. And should you not pay, they can repossess it. Then you uh, rent that to a tenant. So the tenant doesn't want to pay. If you ask him to pay and threaten her with eviction, then they pull off that the rights of tenants. Mm-hmm. So I think it's everything topsy-turvy on you because now you are on your own and the bank wants the money and she doesn't want to pay because she is saying it is her right unless the person find her a, a house. So what we are some of us we are going to put, we are going to organize a back protest to take Makaka go 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 that resident that she refused to pay. What do you think? Monica in my bed. Yeah. All right. Let, 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 I'm, I'm, I've got four minutes left, and and I'm going to give this time to Leslie and uh, Brabeni. Leslie, the, the, I really feel for this lady, and 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 the constitution has a lot to say about her. But we must remember that law is a technical thing as well. So the reason why that lady has that problem is because someone drafted a bad law. It's called the Prevention of Illegal Eviction Act. A judge interpreted it in a way that it was never meant to be drafted. It is technically a very poor piece of legislation. And 15 years ago, when that judge made that mistake, a sensible, intelligent parliament full of people who really cared about this, whatever lady who just phoned in, sees his problem, and, and which is replicated a million times across South Africa, would have passed a new piece of legislation consistent with the Constitution that says, if you sign a lease agreement with me, you either pay or you move out. They failed to do so. They failed to do so for 15 years. They have undermined the property rights of everybody, which are fully set out in the Constitution, because they didn't pass a technically decent piece of law. And, you know, unfortunately, we inherited some people who have not done us particularly proud in that department. Whenever they intend a piece of law to to do X, the people involved in that environment come to them and say, but it's not going to work because of A, B, and C, and they have a tendency to dismiss those people and say, we're not interested, we're going to do what we want anyway. And and then, you know, things go wrong. Law is a technical issue, and, and constitutional rights are one thing, but you also have to have pieces of legislation that make sense in the, in the environment that they are supposed to work in. You know, we can come up with these lovely theories, but they have to work on the ground. And, and that's, that's a technical legal issue. Leslie, I'm going to stop you there. And uh, I am hoping that you will be able to join us on the next conversation we have on, the, on constitutional matters. But thank you very much for your contribution this evening. Much appreciated. Leslie Blake, uh, Brabeni, your final word. G- given, given the questions Rubs. that have ar- arisen out of tonight's <laughs> conversation, how do, you, how do you give us a final word? Rubs, the law is meant to regulate social order. That's the first part. Constitutional transformative um, aspects or what we call transformative constitutionalism is to give rights to people and the constitution derives its mandate from the society itself. So, so that's why the, the social order, there's a principle called contra bonus mores, which means you cannot do something that is against good morals. If you take the example that uh, Osmonica has given and uh, 
uh, that's that's basically where we are ops. But next time, please, let's talk about socioeconomic rights, economic justice, and social justice, and compare the two. 100%. Uh, Benny, thank you so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate your Wonderful time. Wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. And it's a conversation that's going to be ongoing as we try to understand the rules by which we are governed, the constitution, the law, the idea of justice, fairness, and all of those kinds of things. And I dare say that if we, the citizens of this country, don't buy into that, all of that stuff becomes obsolete and useless. Maybe there is your clue as to why we are seeing many parts.